0: Can I get a... Yeah. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the RR Show. Welcome back. I hope you're having a cracking week, and I hope it carries on going great for you. This is episode 215. Let's just go. Grab your tea, your popcorn. It's going to be petty revenge. And our first story today is from... When it loads. There we go. Smedley Coyote. The story's got a neighbor evicted over a parking spot. I live in a small complex with a communal parking lot, no reserved spaces. On my wife's birthday, she invited a friend to go out celebrating. When her friend showed up, there happened to be a tree that had fallen in the lot and blocked half of it off while it was being cleared. The only spot she could get to was one of the two disabled spots in the lot. Not a problem, since she had a valid handicap tag, which was displayed. She asked when she came in if it was okay for her to park there, and I said it was fine since, you know, she was legally allowed to. And the only other person in the complex to use the spot could park in the next spot. We got ready to go out, and when I went to get my car, I noticed that the car that usually parked in the disabled spot had parked directly behind our friend, blocking her in, and left the other disabled spot empty. I told the apartment manager to please have her move her car by morning. We went out for a nice night of clubbing and got home at 3am. The car was still blocked in, and the other disabled spot was still empty. So I called the police. They showed up, looked at the way she was parked, and started laughing. But why didn't she just park in the next spot? I told them, I don't know. And he said, at 3.30am, well, let's go wake her up and ask. He did just that went up there, did the cop knock on her door to wake her up, and told her to move her car. She began yelling at him. That's my spot, and I'm teaching someone a lesson. He explained to her that it is not her personal spot, and there was another one right next to it, even closer to her door. He told her to go and move the car immediately, and to think about what she was going to say next real careful, because she was very close to going to jail. She moved the car and never spoke to me again, but she had also yelled at the apartment manager when he asked her to move it. Turns out she was behind in rent, so they started eviction proceedings. Manager then paid me 150 bucks to take her boxed up stuff and throw it into the building's dirty basement. Next up is a story from ChillDude890. How I Gutted My Housing Association A few years back, I bought my first house in a medium-sized 5 to 1,000 home neighborhood in a southern state. It had a HOA, but I actually picked the neighborhood because they had the lowest HOA dues in the city, the fewest rules, and the house was by far the nicest one I could afford in my budget. After a few weeks, I get a violation notice from the HOA telling me I had two violations needing correction. Number one, my lawn was not green enough. my trash cans were too close to my driveway. I was thoroughly confused about number one, as it was February, in the middle of winter, so of course my lawn was dead, like pretty much everyone else's. So I assumed that either this was a mistake or an existing offence from the previous owner. As for the trash cans, I kept them on the side of my house and I think when the HOA came by, my trash cans stuck out past the sidewall like by a foot so how dare I I shrugged them off and continued on come March I get another notice this time fining me for both violations each one cost me a hundred bucks and they wanted the money in two weeks I was pissed this made no sense and I was not about to let them try and get money for bullshit violations so I called the management company that worked with the board to get them appealed the lady told me I needed to appeal directly to the board and that I could do so in the next annual meeting in a few days. So I, of course, showed up to the meeting. Prior to it starting, I met with a few homeowners and learned that they were all there for similar bullshit violations and were pissed off too. I then talked with one of the members of the board about the fine appeals process. He was an older guy in his 70s with short grey hair and a very worn and angry face. He asked what I was getting fined for, and when I told him, he just looked at me and said, Uh, And you should get fined for that. Young people like you, not taking care of their homes is the whole reason I got on this board. Learn to be a better property owner. This dude was the VP of a volunteer board, telling me that I did not know how to take care of my house. Jeez, what a sad life. The meeting then started, and the moderator mentioned that since this was an annual meeting, we would be voting on 3 out of 5 board members. They had some applicants to the board, and we could also nominate someone today. That's when I had the idea of how I could get my revenge. When the election part of the meeting came, I nominated myself, gave some bullshit speech about how HOAs are not here to make money and that I wanted to serve the community. I won by a landslide and you could see the board members getting annoyed because they had scowled during my speech. After the meeting, I appealed my violations, in a very elegant way, and they agreed to waive my trash can violation. As for the grass one, apparently since I had weeds growing in my yard, like tiny patch in the corner, they were still finding me because the weeds were turning yellow after I sprayed them. I was dumbfounded how they could get away with this, but they used a technicality in bylaws that I had signed, so I ended up losing 100 bucks. Revenge I will be honest, I had not expected this to work. After joining the board of five, including myself, I was appointed secretary and had to help maintain meeting notes and review records. They specifically told me that I was not allowed to propose new policies, but I could vote on new ones proposed by the VP or President, which I'd later learned was actually a violation of their own rules. I voted every new rule down as long as I was in that position. I decided that my best course of action was to listen to how the others operated and look for an opening to get each of them off the board. The first opening came when the president, who literally looked like the most Karen woman ever, mentioned that she wanted to fine for flowers that were not neutral colours. Basically, if a homeowner wanted to add something like turquoise flowers, we would find them. She apparently had a neighbor that had flowers that she didn't like, and she wanted to use the board to stop them. It was pretty insane. I then started my revenge on her. I started a message thread on Slack, since that's how we communicated, with the other board members and asked what they had thought about her policy and reasoning. After far too much deliberation... Two of them honestly thought that this was okay. We agreed that the policy went too far. I then made a long post in the main channel telling her that her actions were not only wrong, but that she would be excused from the board. When she inevitably flipped out, I called a board meeting in the following week, and the other four members voted her off for targeting a community member for personal gain. She gave a sob story about how the board was her life and that the neighborhood was like her child, but I didn't care. Matt was one down. I convinced one of my good neighbor friends to join a little later on to take her spot. The next members I targeted were the treasurer and director, as I wanted to save the VP for last. They were actually pretty easy to get off the board because they were very easily swayed by public opinion. So I made a fake account on Nextdoor and waited until spring, when most of the violations go out. When the letters went out, I looked for angry posts on Nextdoor. I would then comment on each one, giving them the first names of the two board members as the culprits and told them to come to the next HOA meeting to appeal. It worked far better than I expected. During the next meeting, over 50 people showed up and called out those by name. It was glorious. During the open session, community members grilled those two for their poor policies even though they did not make most of them. The VP, now president after the other one resigned, tried to defend them but ultimately failed. The two members were so distraught after the meeting, and I told them that maybe they should resign, they both did. That was two more down, both of which were replaced by a couple who came to the same meeting and wanted to get rid of these rules. Finally, the board had been flipped to 4 out of 5 wanting to get rid of these dumb rules. The president, however, was still the same old angry, hateful man. He tried to add more rules to increase violation revenue, and we voted him down every time. He started to get annoyed, but stayed steadfast to the board. I tried a lot of tactics to get him to leave, and not much swayed him. A few months went by and we started with a new management company. They had a much better style of property management and a website for looking through our community's records, as well as automated reports. When we got our first fines report, I hit paydirt. The president's house appeared, and he owed around $10,000. Apparently, he had open violations that he never paid, and the other management company hid it from the board for him, since he had been on the board for close to seven years. So, I looked into remedies. Since his fines were over 3000 Our bylaw stated that a majority vote of the board could start a HOA foreclosure on the home, which I still think is insane that HOAs can do that. So I got all the docs together and double-checked with the new management company that the fines were correct, which they confirmed. I called an emergency board session, presented the information, and four out of five of us voted to start the foreclosure process. The president got angry, cursed, and left the meeting early. We were informed a few days later that the president had resigned, paid his fine, and put his house up for sale. While I'm sad we couldn't force a foreclosure, at least he was off the board. I'm currently president to this day, and I've reduced the fining policy to be a maximum of $400, and homeowners can appeal any time that they wish digitally. In addition, I've banned any grass fines until May. The trash can violation has been super relaxed. Moral of the story, never find me 200 bucks, call me a stupid young kid and expect to not lose your house. Next up is a story from Why So Many Ostriches, tit for tat toddler. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories and all things paranormal?
1: We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about.
0: We are the Spooky Science
1: Sisters podcast. Thank you and stay spooky.
0: Had a diamond-studded jerk bring a toddler to the doctor's office, not a pediatrician, in Manhattan, and let that brat run wild? I'm mentioning diamonds because it was clear she had means to hire a sitter. I understand when a sitter gets sick, etc. But instead, here she was with hell brat and doing nothing to control him. It was a group of plebotomists station, and Kit decided it was their new running track. Nothing quite like having the nurse dodge a toddler while holding a needle in your arm. Poor woman messed up the drawer, and a bruise started to form on my inner arm. Jerk mum saw it all, did zip, just stared past me and the poor nurse as the receptionist chased her spawn. Well, I concluded my business, and since I missed lunch, bought a box of cookies on my way down to the subway under the building. Did I mention it was one? The witching hour of hungry and nap-free toddlers? Jerk mum walked down the platform and stood a few feet away from me, jerking the fussy toddler onto her hip, toddler looking back over her shoulder. I was hungry, and the huge bruise on my arm where the vein tore is spreading, and yeah, I was pissed. So I opened the cookie box, pulled out a cookie and looked the kid dead in the eye and bit into it. Kid explodes into a tantrum of non-verbal fury, kicking jerk mum, screeching, pointing at me, stolidly staring past them onto the tracks, cookie box hidden under my opposite arm. Mum glances back, sees nothing, turns away. Kid calms a bit, glaring daggers at me. My train arrives, so, putting another cookie into my mouth, to the incredulous rage of the toddler, I stroll onto my car, To his indignant screams. Wonder if jerk mum's toddler-inflicted bruises last as long as mine. Next one is from Spaniard Sensei. Lady does not want to let me finish buying my groceries, so she can wait, because I was there before her. This just happened a couple hours ago. Nothing fancy, just petty. I came from work, and after arriving home, I just took the groceries list and went for shopping at the market next to my house. I bought all I needed, went to the cashier, and after finishing putting all the items on the conveyor, realized I'd missed a couple of items. The guy in front of me was finishing and about to pay, so I told it to the cashier, and she gave me a thumbs up to go for the items. So, I went for them rather quickly, not because I was in a hurry, but to not make anyone behind me wait in case the cashier was quick in processing everything. I came back and the cashier was just beginning to process my groceries. Also, a lady in her late 40s was unpacking her shopping already. I just tried to interrupt her for a second, but she just scoffed at me and completely ignored me each time I tried to address her. I guess she thought I just wanted to take the couple of items I had in my hand and decided that over her dead body or similar. So, well, I wasn't in a hurry and the cashier just gave me a seriously and tired look. I could have gone past the cashier's area and just done it from the front, but she annoyed me and I felt petty, so I simply waited. The cashier finished processing my items on the belt and just stopped. I truly believe she really wanted that rest because she didn't say anything to me. So we waited. And waited. 5 minutes after and the lady in front of me is tapping her feet and puffing, and after another 5 minutes she asked a bit rudely to the cashier, Where the heck was the person who had the groceries before her? To which the cashier responded with a big smile. Well, he stood behind you, but you wouldn't let him past. If looks could kill. She grumbled, let me pass. I give the cashier my items and of course I paid in cash and took my sweet time to find in my wallet the exact amount of money it was. Because I know that that late in the afternoon, the markets here can be a bit low on the cash. I wasn't able to find the exact amount, but yes, something close to it. ...and with a nice huffing and puffing as background music. I just said goodbye to the cashier... ...gave another smirky goodbye to the lady... ...and went on my merry way home. As I said at the beginning... ...nothing fancy... ...just petty.
1: True terrors of horror... ...bizarre happenings... ...unexplainable events... ...on our podcast... ...Disturbed... ...Terror Takes Centre Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat